You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Yeah, start talking right now. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, hour number two live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Jam-packed show the rest of the way here. Alex Ixero from our friends at City News 680 in Toronto had uh, something very important to share yesterday. And uh, if we can help... One of our listeners this morning with his message, we've done our job. Couldn't agree more. We've done we've done good this morning on Sportsnet 960. Um, Brett Cron in studio. I get to meet him for the first time face to face. Looking forward to that. I think we should do the worst place to break up with somebody with Brett Cron too. I like that. I think that's a great place to drop that fun little bit in. Yeah, I think we'll do that. And uh, Olympic gold medalist, Sportsnet analyst Megan Mickelson at eight o'clock on the Flames. Randeep Janda on uh, the Bo Horvat trade, too, by the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we're still taking your text messages at 960-960. Yeah, there's a weird envelope that continues to be here in the studio addressed to Eric Francis. Mm-hmm. And we tweeted out the envelope at Sportsnet 960 at Alex Brody Media. And we're, um, we want to know what's in the envelope. What's in it? Yeah, what's in it? 960-960 name and lo- location. I uh, got one. Um, from Corey from Lacombe, uh, severance pay? No, I don't think. <laughs> Rogers wouldn't do it that way. They wouldn't send you they a check. They wouldn't mail Dude, money. Imagine, imagine like you go like a month, you're like, I haven't got a paycheck. They're like, oh yeah, we we mailed you so, your 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 papers. So, You've been fired for a month. <laughs> okay, so here's a little here's a little thing for uh, all of you right now, uh, sure. how I know this company works. <laughs> so I used to co-host the morning show in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they blew up our show one day because uh, my host didn't want to re-up his contract. So I had no idea that was happening. I had no idea. So after the show, uh, they're like, hey, can you uh, can you come to the back for a sec? I'm like, sure. And I little did I know it was waiting for me. <laughs> so it's like you go there and then there's an HR person sitting there. Or you're like, I know what this is about. And you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. So uh, and that happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Mm. So companies like this, mm-hmm. they do it. Because they've actually shown studies the best days of the week are Tuesday and Wednesday to fire people. It's not Friday, which was... It's definitely not Monday either. For a long time, yeah. No, it's not Monday either. No, no, no. Because people don't like Mondays to begin with. Mm -hmm. And Friday, they don't want them to stew the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's midweek. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. We don't think it's severance papers. there's no way because if that was going to happen, it'd be a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Because that's how it works. And they'd probably do it in person. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Probably. Not that Eric's losing his job. I'm just saying. Yeah, it wouldn't be severance pay in that envelope. That's not how it works. Um, We did the story about the Empire State Building yesterday. Uh Uh-huh. And how uh, just ridiculous it was that was lit up in Philadelphia Eagles colors in downtown Manhattan. It's only like, a divisional rival, George. Yeah. It's only it's only yeah. a team that you play twice a year, every single year, yeah. in a season where you don't play every single team. It's just a divisional rival. I don't see what the big deal is. So uh, they lit up the Empire State Building, and then they lit it up in Kansas City Chiefs colors. But I I kept giving the example, that's just like lighting up the Calgary Tower in Oilers orange and blue if they advance to the Stanley Cup final. That should never happen in this city. Mm -hmm. So uh, the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, uh, released a statement yesterday (laughs) about what happened. Quote, um... That got away from us, as in we shouldn't have done that at all. 
Could you imagine if you're a Giants fan, like hardcore season ticket holder Giant fan? You have an LT tattoo somewhere on your body. And on the it, other arm, it's, it's a, a it's Eli. A, it's the catch. It's the tower. Yeah, it's the catch. It's Eli Manning. And then all of a sudden you look in the in the to- and the Empire State Building is lit up in Eagles colors. Yeah. No, not good. Not going to work. Not good. I'm sure there was a lot of people that were upset. I personally love the quote because, you know, it's. It's a sports story, and he gave you just the most coach trope of all time. Like, it got away from us? Like, what do you mean? When did it get away? At halftime? Yeah. And you... What what does that mean? Yeah. It was a bad decision. Yeah. It didn't get away from you. Like, I... You weren't playing a game that was close, and then you started to get blown out. My, my only explanation is this. <laughs> it would be somebody who has absolutely no idea about sports who yep. runs the Empire State Building. Without a doubt. They're like, hey, we should support them. Yeah. We should support somebody because yeah. this is a big deal. Like, I just feel like that would be something my current girlfriend would do. Yeah. Because she would have no idea that the Eagles and the Giants have some sort of like rivalry. bitter, bitter, bitter rivalry. Extremely like, so. hate yeah. between the two teams in the two cities. It's a hard word to throw around, but I think now is appropriate. And what a cherry on top for the city of Philadelphia. Just cackling. Like la- you're just pointing, laughing all like the your the finger at New York City going, I can't believe you guys did that. Because in Philadelphia, they would never light up the Liberty Bell in Giants colors or even Jets colors. They'd probably throw green up. If the Giants were in the Super Bowl, they'd do everything in green right. just to spite them. That's right. It would so, be go birds and no one's watching the Super Bowl. Uh, Mayor, Anybody but the Giants. Mayor uh, Eric Adams saying, yeah, that quote got away from us yesterday. You think so? <laughs> Got away from us. Yeah, that that would absolutely listen. Uh, our staff was having a conversation, and yeah. uh, we got a little creative. And frankly, got away from us. Um, later on this hour, Brett Cron in studio is going to be an official for our beer league game. Former Calgary Flames goaltender, and I'm, we'll also talk to him about the worst place of breaking up with somebody. I'm intrigued uh, when he last wore skates. Oh, okay. I'm sure it's been recent. Why? Okay, I don't know. Wasn't that. he the Flames goal to, goalie in the alumni game against the Oilers up in Lloyd a few months ago? Perhaps. There you go. Yeah. See, Patrick's always on top of these things. I know. He's what a stud. He's a good <laughs> producer, man. What a legend. He really helps um, fill in the holes that I like to leave. <laughs> uh, speaking of legend, one of the legendary sportscasters in Toronto, Alex Xero from City News 680, longtime Sportsnet 590 the fan update anchor as well, joins us here on the big show on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Alex, how are you, pal? Good, guys. Uh, George, I'd love to know more about what happened to your morning show in Toronto. If you want to go more into detail, I'm, like, I'm here for it, man. Totally See, I just, listen, I just <laughs> said that uh, the actual story was, and t- enough time has passed that no- nobody involved is with the company anymore. Uh, the host didn't want to stay and re-up his contract. So that's essentially what happened, Alex. Yeah, I, I um, where I used to be situated, we had uh, this room called The Hub, just a giant room, computers and chairs everywhere. And where my seat was, where I did the updates for all the radio stations, I got to see everything, right? So I got to talk to everyone. My, my chair was like facing where the bosses were. So, you know, unfortunately, I could kind of tell when something like that was going on, like all that stuff happened behind closed doors. But sometimes you see this person you don't really see too often, just kind of walk in and <laughs> and they talk uh-huh. to someone. And it's just the process. It's a rough part of the uh, it's a rough part of. Oh, yeah. Of the business. But, um, you know, you're you have a show in Calgary, so you guys are doing pretty well. Yeah, um, it was fun. Watch. 
Yeah, thank oh, you. Sorry, my bad. Uh, it was fun having my name in the Toronto Star after losing my job. <laughs> that was uh, that was a big plus. Uh, yeah, did you what, frame that? Is that something no, you frame I, and, like put in your house? Well, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying anything. But when you know Steve gets fired from stealing from Tim Hortons, that doesn't make the Calgary <laughs> Sun here. I'm just saying, like it was true story. Yeah, when I worked at McDonald's, it was my first job. I was 15. Okay, so right. I was like cleaning the tables and working in the back. We had a guy who got fired. Now, nobody liked him. He was lazy. He rarely showed up for a shift, so the managers were looking for a reason to axe this guy. One morning, he put an extra piece of sausage in his sausage McMuffin, and the boss caught him, and they fired him for putting not one, but two pieces of sausage in the sausage wow. McMuffin. Yeah. And that guy was out of there quicker than you could imagine. Wow, that's 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 stern. You got to bring the hammer down. Absolutely, got to bring the hammer down. Um, you Alex, want two pieces of sausage. You got to pay for it. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I uh, I want to get to uh, what you announced yesterday on social media. But first, uh, you're a guy and your brother. No secrets about your devotion to the uh, Portuguese national soccer team. Uh, I know you and I have had discussions back in Toronto. Um, who's the debate? Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, Messi, and especially when Portugal won the Euros. Oh no, it's it's Ronaldo, it's Ronaldo all the way. When did you turn over to the Messi side in the Messi-Ronaldo debate, Alex? Was it this summer during the World Cup, or was it before then? Yeah, I, I think leading into the World Cup, I was already, I was almost there, and then watching Messi do what he did kind of got me over the finish line. Not that I'd love to admit it, and it's kind of the boring answer, um, but there's no debate anymore. I mean, you could, some people could really try if they wanted to. They're just reaching now. Um, but I got to tell you, the Piers Morgan interview put a really sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. To have that released days before uh, Portugal started their camp in Qatar and then every single Portuguese press conference leading up to their first World Cup game. What do you think they were talking about? Trying to win a World Cup? No, it was Ronaldo this, Ronaldo that. So I didn't love it. The timing was terrible. I just didn't like the way he came off in the interview. And, and then Messi had like an amazing World Cup and he's a world champion. So... I mean, if though, there are those who can reach and try to make the case that Ronaldo's still the guy, but I think 99.9% of people recognize that. You have to go the other way. As much as I don't love to say it, it's mm-hmm. the correct take. At least I think so. Um, Saudi Arabia, though, Alex, for Ronaldo, really? Saudi Arabia? Well, he, I think he wanted to go to Chelsea. They didn't want him. I think he would have <laughs> gone to Arsenal. I don't think they wanted him. Um, and I understand why he's... Not as good as it used to be. And I saw yesterday that I think it was his coach or someone who's involved in the Saudi team said that he's going to go back to Europe at some point. I do believe that, um, but it's not going to be for a top team anymore. He's still a good player, but I've I've watched him a lot when he went back to Manchester. I've watched him a lot for the national team. He's lost a step. It's understandable. He's, what, 37? He's not as good as he used to be, but he thinks he is, right? So it makes it difficult. I think he could have gone back to Portugal to play for the team that he came up with in Lisbon, but I think he feels he's too good for them, right? I think they would have taken him. I think they could have found a way to make the money work. And they're in the Champions League, right? Like, back then they were. And that's what he wanted. He wanted Champions League soccer. But I think he felt he was too good to go back to Portugal. So I think he'll he'll go back to England one day. I mean, Newcastle makes a lot of sense. There's some Saudi connections there. Um, but I don't know how he can uh, – like, he can't be um, – he can't be too picky with who he wants to play for because in, in reality, there's only so many teams now that could a fit his salary and, and b think he's worth um, the trouble. 
and I think there's a little bit of trouble there. So I think we'll see him back in Europe one day, but it's not going to be for the Madrids or the, the Arsenals or Chelsea's or Manchester's. It might be for those, those teams that are like a, a tier and step below. What about North America? What about the MLS? You know, I think he'd look great in a, a Toronto FC jersey. Yeah, you know, I think he would. I think he would come here, and I think he'd probably play. Um, I think he'd probably play well. I think he's already had a couple of chances to come to whether it's Inter Miami or whether it's LAFC. Uh, I don't know if Toronto would uh, really interest him, but I think to me that's something he probably has in his back pocket. But leaving Europe and and leaving the possibility of playing Champions League soccer, I think, is something he's not willing to do. I think he he's going to view this Saudi experience as, you know, I'm going to try to be here for as 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 quickly as I can, make as much money as I can, and then hopefully a team in Europe kind of swoops back for me. Um, but I'm not totally convinced he's going to come to North America. I mean, he doesn't have to. He's got enough money. I think he's still chasing Champions Leagues. Um, and to me, the best way for him to stay relevant for the Portuguese national team is to, is to go back to Europe and play every single week. And that was mm. the problem at Manchester is that he kind of fell out of favor, wasn't playing every week. He was visibly upset. And even in the World Cup, you know, the last game Portugal played, he didn't start. He was on the bench for a couple of games, and you could tell it pissed him off. But it was the right call. There's a lot of younger, better players than Ronaldo right now, and it's interesting because Portugal has a new, a new uh, coach, Roberto Martinez, who uh, used to coach Belgium, and Belgium kind of let him go. So that's the big thing now, you know, with, with Martinez taking over and, and qualifiers coming up. Like, is Ronaldo going to be called up every game? Is he going to start every game? Is he going to come off the bench? Does he want to do that? Um, mm. So we'll see. But I think North America is still something he could do whenever he wants. I'm just still not sure he's ready for that. Not, I'm not even sure we'll ever see him in North America. I could be wrong, hmm. but I could see him going back to Europe and finishing his career somewhere there. How much did you get sucked into the Winter World Cup? I know I was anti-Winter World Cup, and we know all the disgusting you know, bribery that happened to give Qatar that World Cup in the middle of the, of the winter to, to, to pause all the big-time European leagues. But man, Alex, that was pretty cool, and I guess it's just World Cup soccer, but I would not be against another November-December World Cup. What about you? Yeah, in a, in a country that um, we, we could all agree you know, should host a World Cup, and we don't have to get into all of that. And I know we're going to talk about what I posted yesterday, and that kind of ties in, because I had a lot of free time on my hands. Uh, from the end of November until uh, recently. So I was just kind of sitting around not doing much. And, um, you know, I guess one of the, the benefits of, of having the World Cup in Qatar was that I didn't mind the times that the games were at. There were some of those 5 five thirty games where, like, even for you guys, of like 3, 3.30, there was no chance. Mm-hmm. And I would just record them and watch them. But uh, I watched. I'm not going to lie and say I didn't watch. I watched as, as much as I could. Um, I still just love having it in the summer. I think it just caused too many distractions, stopping the leagues uh, mid-season. A lot of players were hurt. We saw that with Canada and, and Stefan Eustachio, who just, you know, Porto played the crap out of him in the Portuguese League and the Champions League, and he came to Qatar. He wasn't fit, and, of course, he only played a couple of games. And that that was one of the big stories for Canada. I'm not sure people really understand how much and how vital he is to that Canadian team. But once he was hurt and wasn't an option, Canada was a completely different squad and never had a chance with Eustachio healthy and playing every day in front of that back four. it, 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 you know, I could see someone make a case of Canada potentially getting out of the group, but once Eustachio was hurt, um, they just didn't stand a chance. And that was a byproduct of having this 
you know, World Cup when it was. It just it caused too many distractions. And I understand having it in the summer. You know, everyone's coming off, you know, their the end of their seasons. But at least, you know, we're talking like end of May. You get, you know, a few weeks just kind of kind of to rest and recover. This was all rushed. And that part I didn't like. But the timing that, you know, for us here in Toronto was great because we got a chance to watch it. But I still think having a summer World Cup is is the way to go. Uh, Alex Cicero from our friends at City News 680 in Toronto joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fans. So uh, great news. You returned to the update desk yesterday for the first time since the summer. Uh, you had a very poignant thread yesterday on Twitter about your struggle uh, the last few months. Can you share with the listeners kind of from um, the beginning uh, uh, of your journey and uh, how important it is uh, to listen to your body? Uh, because we, we talked about this before you jumped on. If we could help one person today by listening to your story, we've done our job, Alex. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys giving me the chance to kind of uh, to kind of share my story. And that was the goal of, of the Twitter thread yesterday, is that if one person just said, okay, you know, I'm going to go talk to my doctor because there's something that's been bothering me and I've been kind of scared to go or I've been putting it off, um, I would be happy. And the amount of people who have uh, reached out via Twitter, via text that have said, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to make a physical, I think I'm going to talk to my doctor has been great. And um you know, last year I started noticing a little bit of pain in uh, one of my testicles, and I didn't think it was anything, right? I put it off, never had any issue before, been uh, happy to have a, a pretty good uh, pretty good health along the way. And um, once the summer kind of rolled along, you know, the pain started getting a little bit worse. And there was one day in August I woke up, and it, it just it hurt like a, a you-know-what. So it was like three in the morning on a on a Monday morning, and I made a trip to the ER. And uh, after some some tests and an ultrasound, they found a tumor. Um, surgery took place about ten days later, and uh, you know initially the uh, message was that the cancer had not spread, which was great. But uh, after some further observation from the uh, the folks at the Jurevinsky Cancer Center in Hamilton here in Ontario. Um, it was found that the cancer did spread to my abdomen. So I had uh, nine weeks of pretty intense chemo and I just finished that a couple of weeks ago, returned to work yesterday, like you said. And uh, hopefully, you know, the, the, uh, the worst is behind me. I got a scan coming up in March and hopefully that's clean. Um, but I think the, you know, what I really wanted to get at is I probably put off going to see someone about my pain too long Um and that's probably the reason why it, it did spread. Now, the prognosis is very good. And with testicular cancer, um, you know, if you catch it early, the, the curability rates are like over 90%. Like it's, for me, it's 95%. I'm very lucky in that regard. Um, even if you're at a, a, a stage that's a little bit higher than what I'm at, it's still like we're talking 90%. But the earlier you can detect this, um, the, the higher rates you have of not just, you know, not just being okay, but completely getting rid of it and having it not come back. You know, the, the chemotherapy does does wonders for testicular cancer. So um, that's really the message that, you know, if you have something that's going on and it's bothering you and it's on your mind and you've been putting it off, go talk to someone about it. Um, I eventually did. I probably waited a little bit too long, but going to the ER that morning might have saved my life. I don't know where I would be right now if I, if I didn't. But that was the message. And like I said, I've had a lot of people who have already reached out saying, thanks, Alex. A lot of people who've had the exact same thing that, that I have. There's a lot of young men in Canada who have been diagnosed with testicular cancer. But again, it is extremely treatable. You just need the help. So 
the support that I've been getting the last 24 hours has been great. And again, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to kind of share the story on the show today. Um, Alex, how tough was it to get over that, that just stupid thing that a lot of us say to ourselves, Oh, that can't happen to me. Uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, we've never had anything like this in our family before with, with my, um, you know, my extended family. So, um, you know, I'm 38 years old, uh, quite active. I have two young kids married with a wife and love them to death. And I just never thought at this point it would happen, but it's, it's tough because you're so used to being busy, right? Like my girls have activities and we go places, the weekends are nuts. And then you get hit with this and you have surgery and then everything just kind of slows down and you can't do as much as you used to, right? I couldn't really do anything. I had to kind of just take time for myself, which I, I don't really do very often, but in order to be there for my family down the road, I had to just slow down and I just had to rest. And it was like that after, you know, I had the initial surgery in September. And then while I was going through the, the nine weeks of chemo, I couldn't do anything. It was pretty aggressive and it, it made me extremely tired. Um, but thankfully, my wife's amazing. You know, my mother-in-law, my, my parents really helped out with the kids, taking them to appointments and whatnot. So I think that was the tough part. It's just you're always go, go, go. And this is you, and you can't do anything. And and you have to take time for yourself so you can eventually get back to being with your family and doing the things you love to do. So it definitely gives you a different perspective on life. A lot of people have been telling me that uh, over the last 24 hours, and, and I definitely understand that. Um, but it's just you have to kind of get over it and understand that you need to take care of yourself and you need to. Uh, take the time to recover and rest. You can get back there for your family. And thankfully, I, you know, I feel good. You know, I got my energy back, worked yesterday, but taking kids to appointments. So, um, you know, it was it was necessary to kind of to just sit and do nothing for a while. But thankfully, I'm, I'm feeling good now. Uh, that, that's terrific news. Um, check out Alex's uh, thread on Twitter at Alex Xero from a City News 680 in Toronto. Alex, uh, great to have you back on the air. Let's do this again soon, pal. Thanks. All the best. All right, George. Good to talk to you, Matt. You guys have a good morning. There mm-hmm. he goes. Alex Xero on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Getting some really good uh, text messages on people dealing with specific stuff. Yeah, if your body's telling you something, Go get yourself checked out. And again, Alex let that linger, let it fester a little bit, and it almost cost him his life. So just a very serious message this morning that it can happen to, to all of us at any time. So it's so cliche. If well, you don't have your health, you have nothing. Well, so it's, it's a very good message he's, uh, he gave us this morning. You asked about the point that was kind of uh, along the lines of, you know, uh, it can't happen to me. Like the other thing that I think a lot of us sometimes think is it'll just get better. Like it'll, it'll figure itself right. out. Like it'll be fine. And like I even went through a situation where I had something that was like this that I kind of kept pushing off and putting off and eventually went and get checked and it ended up being fine. So I think that was another thing too. Like I was worried of what I was going to hear when I went in. If right. it wasn't good, just go. Just go. Go just get yourself. Get it out of the way. Absolutely. Get, take that stress off your plate because it's never good to walk around with that on your back either. Uh, straight ahead on the show, he's in studio right now. Brent Cron, uh, he'll be an official. 
for our beer league game Thursday night. Uh, former Flames goaltender. I will ask uh, about when because you want to know when the last time he's been on skates. Yeah, I'm when's intrigued. The last time he's been an official, and uh, we're also going to wrap up the segment with him on where's the where's the prop, worst possible place to break up because we're going to give an example of that. Uh, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Olympic gold medalist, Sportsnet hockey analyst Megan Mickelson will join us. Randy Bjonda at 830 on the Bull Horvat trade from our friends at Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. and uh, But right now, oh, that's what I was going to say. What? Text line, 960-960. Yeah. Uh, what's in the mysterious envelope that was addressed to Eric Francis that has been here for well over a week? What's in the envelope? 960-960, name and location. But right now, former Calgary Flames goaltender, he'll be an official on the ice like physically on the ice during mm-hmm. our beer league game between the Whalers and the Lushes, live on Sportsnet 960 on Thursday night. Brett Cron, uh, it's nice to meet you face-to-face in person. It finally is. Such a polite man you are, introducing me so nicely. It's the wow. second time I've talked to you. And like I said, I get a little respect around here. It's well, kind of nice. George, is used, George doesn't understand that Brent's used to taking it right in the teeth when he comes on our station. Well, why? I, you know, why, why do you have to be a verbal punching bag? Right. That's what I've said my whole life. Right. Yeah, and you know, it's more my problem than anybody else's. Okay. Right. If I accept that type of treatment, I deserve it. Right. Okay. You know, so I'm just saying a little kindness goes a long way to start your morning. Yeah. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. Right. Right. Cron. Were um, you upset that we didn't play the crontage for you? Yes. Really? I, always. Really? How else do you start a segment with me? Right? Have you ever do heard the crontage? No, I haven't. Do we have it? Yep. We got it. All right. Let's do it. I'm glad hi, you have Hi, heard. Brent. Did you have FM radio growing up in Winkler, Manitoba? <laughs> I did, buddy. I live close to Winnipeg. You guys have kept me on hold for five minutes while I had to listen to you two mud Benson talk about Love Eggs. I was about to hang up, to be honest with you. are an American Hockey League star. <laughs> Such morons. We need to grow a set of stones here. Well, he sounds like my career, minus the two Stanley Cups. Tire fires. Gas cans. The list goes on for you two idiots, but you know what? I do have fun when I do get on. So I have a bunch of other names for you guys, too, that obviously doesn't make it to air. Did any of the current and former NHLers know who you were, or are they just like, who's this guy that they got off the street to play goal? Everybody, every, everybody knew who I was. How could you forget a first-round bust? Ruth. Exactly. Oh. That was high-level drive. <laughs> who was that? That's Will. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, what is it uh, with you and Will Malt? Oh, I just he sucks. <laughs> there it is. You know, yeah. I just it's simple. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> done. It's long. It's gone longer how over long, the years. How long is this thing? Um, me down into the fetal position right now. And that is your NHL goal goal sending analyst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten seconds. With you two slugs, I'll tell you what. I it's just nice to be able to feel important carrying the show for twenty minutes. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Yeah. Um, you carried us both on your back. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, Bye, Kron. I, I had no idea the disrespect that was yeah. on your way here. Well, that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I, find it, I find it very disappointing. Text line says he's the Rodney Dangerfield of 960. I agree. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no respect. No respect. Yeah. Does that have to come with the free uh, bowl of soup? Inter Noah yeah. really knows who Rodney Dangerfield is <laughs> yeah. right now. He's 23 years old, getting no respect. <laughs> yeah, the um, best. 
Um, uh, Maddie wanted to know when's the last time you were on skates. Oh, you know what? I've actually I had to play a, uh, a charity alumni game in Lloydminster mm. against the Oilers, the Flames alumni. I said, I've been skating all summer. I uh, I've taken a little hiatus here in Q4, but yep. I've been on the ice probably at least. I I, I coach my kids yep. or my oh, nice. son. Sorry, Mondays and Wednesdays in the evening okay. and Saturdays. So I'm very familiar with. Uh, Doing crossovers and skating. Good wow. for you. Are you wearing player skates or goalie skates? Oh, goalie skates. I can't skate worth you know what in, in player skates. I'll yeah. fall on my face or on my back. Those rocker blades really really screw you up. It's all the rocker blades, isn't it's it? A, it's awful. Like my abs are built for a flat blade. Oh, right? that's the key. Right. Where if yeah. I have a rocker blade, my abs really uh, don't don't perform the way they should. They're designed for different. Now mm, uh, a peek around the curtain. I saw um, a message around an email or a company email that uh, apparently we need a referee shirt. Yeah, and somebody said large. Like I, like, oh, I, not, like I don't want to. Yeah, like I don't want to get go there. You're already jumping on that wagon already. But, hey, right? Like it took you five minutes. No, or, no, to but just, I'm just saying. Hop on but that. I'm saying ideally, I I don't think we should put you in a large. Well, I specifically requested a double XL with a bit of stretch. And a okay. bit of a slim fit cut, yeah. right? Okay. And a bit yeah. Of a, yeah, just yeah, to so show off those four XL slim about. fit, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, right? <laughs> like I, I'm gonna say, if we gave you a large, it would be a little snug. It'd be, Is that an oxygen? It'd yes. be a little tight. Yeah, it'd be a little toy. You know, at the at the Flames Poker Tournament every year, I think it's a running joke that nobody tells me. Yeah. They make me pour myself into that thing once a year. <laughs> I have to I have to slide into it. I have to <laughs> grease myself up and stretch the neck hole out yeah. and pop my arms in. Yeah, and getting that thing off. Comes with a lot more than you bargained for. Yeah, because right? you, you get, get a shirt you. and an undershirt and yeah. whatever else is underneath and there. And then you add a couple of pops over the course right. of the evening. A little expansion. A little bloating, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, got yeah. a nice warm text at 960, 960. Hey, George, shut up and let the Krontourage play. Best thing left on 960. <laughs> there like, you go. I like that guy. Yeah. That's all we got left. I like right? the cut of that guy's gym. Right. Uh, very, very ray of sunshine this morning yeah. on a Tuesday driving Let's go. into work. Hooray. Shut up, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Listen to Krontage uh, play. Uh, so uh, your refing experience, uh, you're going to be on the ice between the Whalers and the Lushes. And uh, we're Team Whalers here. That's our representative because okay. it's us against the afternoon show. They're the ones with the hot dog roller. Yeah, uh, so they're the ones who already tried to bribe out. you with hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we, wanted to, uh, we wanted to ask you, what do we need to do to grease you a little bit to just skew our way when it comes to the calls. Well, first of all, on Thursday night, you asked about my experience. Uh, last game I refed, I believe I was eleven in Winkler, oh. Manitoba, okay. for for a uh, a young kids game. No, that was where you did have an AM radio. That's and FM too. Okay, cool. yeah, shockingly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now I forgot to put the the nets on the moorings. Oh, okay. right, so they were off. Yeah, and they were just little kids, so it didn't matter. So. They go down, they score first shot, and that's like four inches to the right. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, well, like, I, I, I can't wave a goal off. right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not the first move I can make as a referee, so I just put the net back on. And one of the parents who apparently you know, knew me, right, it's a small town, what are you doing? What are you doing? you got to put the net on. That goal can't count. I'm like, they're six. Yeah. You know, just, I'll figure you know, it. but I was 11, so I, didn't, I said that in my head. Yeah. I didn't say it out loud. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, so I'm about to redeem myself. Mm-hmm. I can be bought. Okay, I'm 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 great like at taking bribes. That. Having said that, I probably won't do anything for either team. I'll take as much as I can from both sides. Yeah, okay. and then I will just use it to benefit myself. Period. That's disappointing. Yeah, because we were hoping to uh, Kalina you. Right. Uh, that's a very soccer term that nobody knows outside <laughs> of maybe Patrick and Alex. But Pierluigi Kalina, Kalina was a big time referee in uh, Italy, and uh, he was bought a few times into the calls the wrong way. So I was hoping to maybe potentially bribe you. Even Brian uh, uh, Donaghy. Uh, the uh, the referee in the NBA who was yeah. doing the gambling. Yep. I was hoping we can go down that route, but clearly that's not going to be an issue. Well, you can. You can try. I've never been really like 
taken to the next level, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, like, I've only just been... Like, I, I would say free drinks for you at Wild Rose Brewery after. Yeah, that doesn't But matter. that's going to be on the uh, on the tab of the radio station right. anyway. Right. So I was like, uh, We need to get creative work. here, because I do believe there is going to be a little yeah. bit of booze involved already, yeah. right? It's like, now, why, why bring a sandwich to a buffet? Are you... Are you here's, here's an old school <laughs> term for you, too. Are you going to be like uh, Ed Wernick back in the day when he had a glass of scotch when he was curling? <laughs> are you going to... Because what a awesome. sport that is when Ed Wernick, the wrench, used to have a glass of scotch while curling. <laughs> and a dart? Yeah, well, not yeah. a dart, but oh, a scotch. That's too bad. Uh, are you going to have some sort of beverage in your hand during the officiating? Will that be frowned upon? No, and I don't know how you can move past the blue lines, really. Like, my my area of sight will yeah. just be in in the neutral zone, right? Yeah. So if there's a play that's going on at the far end, I'm going to trust my trusty counterpart, Paul Cruz. Right, yeah. To, I mean, and obviously he plays a lot of hockey, and you know what he did for a living, right? So people are going to listen to him a lot more. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be lippy and, yeah. and, and all over people and making horrible, horrendous calls and may cost one team the game. Okay. And then I'm just going to stand behind Paul. Who's going to be the one bending down and picking up the puck? I can do that. I'm okay. really good at that. I got right. stretchy hamstrings. Oh, I hate bending over to pick things up. Um, yeah, you'll be... Uh, but uh, let me just stop you for a second. What sure. I might do yeah. is just uh, have them give it to me. You know what I mean? Like, just have the player, the goalie, just pick it up and put it into my hand so I don't have to bend over. Okay. Right? Hopefully uh, that helps out uh, our beloved Whalers team <laughs> on Thursday in the Beer League game. Uh, wanted to ask you about the uh, the Calgary Flames. And had this take uh, yesterday. I want to get your opinion on it. When I watched that game on Friday night against the Kraken, they put like every ounce of effort into that win. And I told Maddie, and, and I had this take yesterday with the listeners, the team can't play like that every night in the regular season. Like you just, it's just impossible that we see the potential of what that team looks like when they're putting in all that effort, which I expect in the Stanley Cup playoffs, if they can get there. That's what, to me, makes the Flames dangerous come playoff time, that we see flashes of a must-win game in Seattle on Friday night, and that's how the team played, and they dominated that game from start to finish. That's why it's kind of frustrating when you lose a game to the Blackhawks, but you can't bring that intensity and that energy level every night in the regular season. That's why if I'm a Flames fan, Kron, uh, I'm optimistic about the playoffs. Well, this team, Daryl coaches for the playoffs. You just have to get in. Look at the Kings when he won a Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. They finished eighth spot, and they've been playing playoff hockey since the drop of the puck in October. That's how Daryl operates. It's a grind for 82 games. It's a grind for potentially 28 in the playoffs. It's a hard way to play hockey. And like you said, you can't play that way every single night, even though that's the expectation. This team, I mean, like most teams, but... Calgary does play to the level of its competition, though, too. You kind of knew, like, yeah. a sleepy game mm. against Columbus. They eked that one out. You thought maybe Johnny being there might give the game a bit more of an, a bit more emotion. He gets a penalty shot. They fall asleep there for a little while. Columbus climbs back into the game. You watch the Blackhawks game, and you're like, what the hell is going on here? It was tough to watch. Um, and then they come out against the Kraken the very next night, traveling, playing two games and two nights, traveling to Seattle, albeit not that far. Um, and they come out and they play a game like that. Like that's that's what's infuriating is because you can watch that. You're like, my God, like if they just play like this for 82 games, they would be great. The right? Tampa game the weekend before, right? It's the exact same thing where yeah. you're looking and saying, how how did this team get these two victories and then also have this loss all in the same calendar week? But now they've got this All Star break. Like, how would you look, approach a nine day break mid season? Because that's different. Than it's, it's been in well, the past. It's got to be different for a goaltender, right? Yes. Of all, yeah. Well, even if you took, like, you take Christmas break and you're not skating a bunch, it, it doesn't take you long to kind of not lose it, but it takes you a while to get back into it, right? Mm -hmm. That break, you're in the you're in a rhythm. You know what? Who might it actually be good for is Markstrom, you know, for a break if you look at it, because he has been so up and down this year. 
so inconsistent that a break away from the rink, period, not coming there every day, it probably hasn't been a very happy spot for him. Um, even though he's, you know, he's played okay, he's 500, but not the, the Markstrom we expect in this city, especially judging by last yeah. year's numbers. For him to get away, whether whatever he's doing, whether he's with his family, whether he's going deep sea fishing with the boys or whatever it is, a break from the rink will be good for him. So the nine-day break, I, I think it sucks. I really do to have that much of a break in between games. But that being said, what can you do about it? And it'll benefit some and hurt others. Happy, Where, happy birthday, Jacob, yeah, by the way. There, yeah, 33rd. Yeah, adult birthdays. You know how I, I feel about those. Uh, it's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. <laughs> Brent Ron joining us here in studio. Happy 33rd, uh, Jacob. Uh, make sure you get that out there because it's such a big milestone in his life. Um, wanted to ask you about uh, support. Uh, that term run sports being thrown around. Yeah. And uh, the last three Markstrom starts. They scored three goals for him. <laughs> is there something to that? Like, do, do guys know in the room? Are you buying any of that nonsense that, oh, the team plays better in front of Vladar than it does Markstrom? The numbers, we did a deep dive on this. The numbers actually bear out that, yeah, they do actually play better in front of Vladar. But the fact that they've only scored three goals in three games, how much more pressure does that put on the guy? It's like, guys, help me out a little bit. How about a two, three goal lead here? Well, you look at their numbers between Vladar and Markstrom, and they're pretty similar. Goals GAA is almost identical. I mean, I think Markstrom's 2.85 or 6 or something, and Vladar's 2.7 whatever. Not to get too numbery over here. The save percentages, you know, uh, uh, Vladar's 906 and, and, and Markstrom's 893. But So their numbers are... Are those numbers exact right now that he just said? Spit and fire, potentially. Don't even, you know, it's not a big no, deal. I'm yes. I, if I, you I, nailed I, all those numbers, I, I'd be super impressed. I'm super on it, just so you know. Uh, but having said that, you watch the games, Vladar makes early saves. Like, at the start of the game, Vladar doesn't give up, or, or if he gives up one, he won't give up the second one. The first one's usually not a bad goal. He's been able to make timely saves. Markstrom hasn't. You look at that game against Chicago, that first goal was through his body, atrocious. He wasn't even square to the puck. It's a stoppable puck. I'm not saying it's a horrible, horrible goal, but that's... Like I've heard many times in my career, that's an American Hockey League goal, right? Through the body, mm-hmm. you know, you can see the shot, it goes through. He's letting in so many of those squeakers at such bad times in a game that it deflates the team, and the team knows he's struggling. And obviously, he's a the guys really, really like him in the room that they want to help him out. But mm-hmm. you know, you know what happens when you try too hard? It just yeah. nothing. Ha- you can't squeeze the stick too hard. You can't try and stop the puck more, right? Is that what's so frustrating about Markstrom? Because even you look back to that Avalanche game. In that first period, they were completely caved in. Colorado was all over them. And yeah, I know they scored all those goals. It wasn't Markstrom's fault. But he also made some spectacular saves. That game easily could have been 5 6 7 nothing if it wasn't for some of the saves he was making. Is that what makes him so frustrating that he has this season the propensity to let in a softy here or there, but he's also made some spectacular saves occasionally that you're like, okay, there's a Markstrom we know and love. That's, it's, that's annoying. Every player, coach, fan... Stop the ones you're supposed to stop. Bad goals are going to go in. You have to be able to bounce back. But your boys will be happy with you if you stop the easy ones and mix in a couple hard ones every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is when you let in a bunch of crap and you make some unreal saves, yeah. who are we getting today? It's Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. And you can't quite figure it out. You, you, it just drives you nuts as a player because he, he can make, like that game against LA where he made that one leg save on. The, the windmill yeah, with the glove I, and the I, kick. And yeah. you're just like, whoa, great, yeah. huge thanks. In, do it in every the night. last like minute and yeah. a bit to save the game. Yes. They're, like that, I mean, they're more than happy winning game 6-5 if they can win the game. But it doesn't matter if you lose 3-0 or 7-0 because he made four great saves and he could have, oh, hey, this game could have been a 4-1 loss instead of a 7-1 loss, right? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's been fascinating to watch, especially on the blue line. Now, this team's without Chris Tanev. Uh, right now, we don't know if he's going to be able to return when the, the break comes back. But as a netminder, when you lose a guy like that, 
How does that impact you? Is it all mental, or do you have to make some physical adjustments as well, knowing that he's a guy who eats shot blocks like crazy, shuts things down in transition, kills plays behind the net? Like, he's one of the best at it. First of all, it doesn't matter, right? As a goalie, you can't think who's in the lineup, who's in the sure. lineup. I mean, that's the easy thing to say. I'm not thinking about it. But a guy like Tanev, he's the only one they got back there. I mean, Hannafin makes a lot of mistakes back there in his own end. Poor poor decisions, panics with the puck in his own end. Very good offensively, great skater. Everybody loves him. Played a million games in the National Hockey League at 25 years old. But he's a li- he's been a liability back there just as far as his decision-making, right? Sure. Um, you know, Rasmus Anderson, he's, he's been good. But as far as, you know, he's, he's, he's an offensive-minded guy too, mm-hmm. right? And so when you start losing your defensive, I mean, Zadorov's even making an impact offensively. He's been ripping around the ice. You see him going north-south. Um, but if you don't have your guys that can come back to home base that you trust, that you know, hey, Tanev's on the ice, I can make the first save, he's going to tie the guy's stick up, he's not thinking offense right away, he's, he's right, what he's trying to do is keep the puck out of his net, that does get to you psychologically because I don't think the Flames have a ton of those guys back there. And so when you're playing run and gun and giving up odd man rushes, Tanev's predictable, right? He's very predictable on the back end. Hannafin's not. Mm. Anderson's not. Zadorov's not. No. Right? They're all very dicey players. They can make some good plays, but they they have a they 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 want to go on offense right away. They want to turn the puck over. They want to transition, which is fine, but worry about your own end first. And that's not every defenseman's D in, in their DNA. Can Rasmus Anderson really be a true number one? I don't think so, no. I think he's a he's a second line pairing D man with with chances uh, on the power play. I really do. I think he needs a strong, he needs a really, really, really strong partner for him to get to that number one level. He could be a 1B guy potentially if he has a really strong 1A, but I don't think so. Um, we, we asked the question yesterday too, 32 games left in the season. How many games should Dan Vladar start? Um, <laughs> I said 17 was the number. It's such an interesting question because like we, we bounced it back forth a little bit. And for me, like my answer could change in three games after they come back, right? Like yeah. Markstrom could be lights out in those three and games to start the road trip. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, oh, I don't know. And the one thing we keep hearing is like, oh, but Markstrom's the guy come to playoffs. But why? If Ladar's playing great, especially down the stretch here, why wouldn't he start game one of a series? Two schools of thought for me. Either they're in a spot right now where it's up to the goaltenders to figure out who the starter is. And Daryl's mm-hmm. got to actually let that go. So if Ladar's going to get hot, you got to play Ladar. If they're kind of going one for one, you play them one for one. I'd like to see them give Ladar an opportunity. I think he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Where you know he's played a couple games in a row, and they go back to Markstrom to try and get him going, and we got to give Markstrom a rest to reset him. This is his reset now. His nine days. This is his reset. Sure. Now you go out there. I, I would imagine Daryl's going to start Markstrom the first game back against New York. I think this is on Monday or something like that, right? Yeah, the sixth. Yeah. R- yeah. Right. And so I guarantee. Well, I guarantee he's going to start Markstrom. I, but if he falters coming out of that, I think you're going to see a lot more of Ladar. I'd like to see them turn to Ladar because he hasn't had the chance to prove that he can do it yet. He's, he's been good in spots. He's been good in relief. He's been good in, oh, Markstrom sucks today. Let's put in Ladar, and he's actually done great. Yeah. And then you give him another game, and then you go right back to Markstrom. And I think he's kind of comfortable in that zone. It's a, it's a predictable zone for a goaltender. It's like, hey, I just need to come in and play good 60 and see if I get another. Mm-hmm. And that's the carrot, whereas there's no carrot for Markstrom. You're the guy. You are the guy. Your carrot is gone. You're getting paid like the guy. You're expected to be the guy. Here's your expectation. Where the expectation of Ladar is, hey, he's doing great. There's nothing really. There's, I mean, there's pressure on him, but it's, he's not the number one guy. So yeah. hey, let's just go out there and try to prove it. Um, before uh, and thank you for jumping in today and uh, coming in the studio. Um, but wanted to ask you. Um, not only are you an incredible analyst, Brett Cron, right? But Elite. I want to ask you about uh, some life advice. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's a story rolling around social media that uh, a guy broke up with his girlfriend mid-flight Ooh. on an airplane. She didn't and, handle it well. And uh, she was apparently hysterical and wailing around mid-flight. Uh, is breaking up with your significant other on an airplane during a flight the worst place to break up with somebody? Or could you maybe think of something else? The one thing that pops into my head, maybe a funeral would be a bad yeah. place to break up with somebody. Yeah, like a family member. You can still funeral? escape yeah. a funeral, though, right? In an airplane, you can't escape. That's true. And, Very good point. And, and you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the episode of Seinfeld where Putty and Elaine break up uh, on their flight about eight times. And yes. it's, it's an absolute disaster for everybody aboard. Uh, airplane would suck. Any place you're, you're encased. Confined. Yes. In, right. in a fuselage or whatever the hell they call that thing, right? It's like, you know, yes. you, you know. That's a very technical term. Right, of course. I'm a very aeronautical smart, engineer, man. of course, studying yeah. to be. Are you? I like that. Um, but on a plane, what is he thinking? You exactly. can't get away. You can't wait. You know, you can't bring sharp things on. That's the only thing I can think of where you yeah. can't get stabbed. <laughs> right. Right. But having There's said that. There's been a check through security. You're right. What rage can make your hands strong. He could get choked right out and everybody oh, just yeah. could be like, I'm just leaving this alone. I don't know what happened between these two. Or. Yeah. Or or maybe Croner, he just he's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like I can't I can't even look at you for the next three hours of this right. flight. He had I a return flight booked and he was planning to break up with her as soon as he got off the flight, hop on another plane, go home, and he just reached his breaking it. point midway through. He said, You know what? I can't do it anymore. You know, Tapping I, out. I get it that guys, their strategy is to make life so miserable for their women so they don't have to dump them half <laughs> the time so they can just make it easy on themselves. Right. Yeah. But if you bring yourself to that point, you are the problem, it's sir, yes. right? Like, grow a spine yeah. and just say, hey, listen here, babe. Yep. I've had enough of your they whatever, like yep. and, and I'm taking your ticket, and I'm bringing somebody else on the plane, and you can beat it, and then yep. you can fly away, and no. then you don't have to deal with it. Uh, now, do you mind, uh, we like to splash around in the pool of truth on splash, this show. Splash. I like that. Yeah. Um, do, you, uh, do you have a breakup story that you'd like to share with us? No. You know what? I got married young. Young man. Good for you. Yeah, 23 like years old. Let me get this straight. Yeah. So your only real serious girlfriend you married? Yeah, pretty much. Look at you. Yeah. Who says love is dead? Right. Wait, who Better says at 19 that? playing <laughs> for the Calgary Hitman. Yes, sir. Married at 23. Johnny Boychuk had an influence in setting us up. You know, she, she had the choice between him or I, I believe. Yeah. And she chose 100% correct, just so you know. Yeah, 100%. So Johnny Boychuk, who had a very nice NHL Illustrious career. career, won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah. Millions of dollars. Has she ever yeah. mentioned that to you? No, like, no, no. Why did I, I think I... I can see it in her eyes sometimes. Okay. But I don't think she was going to bring that up. <laughs> Is the background of her phone Johnny <laughs> yeah. Boychuk? Yeah. Holding the cup. Hold the, holding <laughs> holding the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! This She's like, great. why? Why yeah. did this happen? Hey, yeah. Why, me? babe? Did yeah. you change that from our family yeah. oh picture? What, what's That's going on? Well, here? I, uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm impressed. Uh, I'm probably going to be impressed with your refereeing skills on Thursday during the beer or weekend. lack thereof. Okay, we, yeah. meant to ask you this: um, Do you have uh, Do you have anything prepared for the start of the game? Like we saw at the beginning of the NHL season with Chris yeah. Rooney when he that, dropped that speech. Uh, when he, Welcome to opening night of the 2022-23 NHL season. What's better than this? Good luck to all players. Yeah. Let's have a great season. That's a referee? Yeah. That's stupid. That was Chris yeah, no Rooney on the stupid. mic before the very first game. Oh, of the I got nothing like that to say whatsoever. What's better than this? Yeah. I, all, I, all I'm going to say is good luck getting through me, right? The, yeah. the, 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 the game will be all about refereeing the whole okay. night. Yeah. I like that. Hey, yeah. you know what? I always say that sports don't have enough ref shows. So, right. Yeah, let's get I the mean, referees involved. Look I really f- enjoyed watching the Bengals and the Chiefs game last Sunday. That was great. I was just going <laughs> to say, right? How about that? What's better than this? I, I'm kind of disappointed that you're not going to have some sort of soliloquy at the beginning well, of the game. Well, it depends. Game. I don't know what the plan is for this event. And if, you know, if I have to <laughs> talk with uh, um, 
you know, like as, I, my I, assistance, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna. I, is, am I on the radio when I talk to? Am I? Am I? I wouldn't I, worry see, about it. These no? are I these are questions it. I can't answer. What's the delay? <laughs> Right? What's uh, acceptable? Delay, delay is seven seconds. Seven yeah, seconds. Seven second delay. Out. Yeah. But the other thing Are you going to be once, mic'd? Once, I don't know. Once, I would assume. Once you use the delay once, you have to wait for it to reset. So you can't just fire off delay after delay. Right. But if you want to, like, whatever. I'm going to need to be sat down before this, though. There's going to have to be a rule of thumb that, yeah. I, that I need okay. to follow. Right? Because, right. you know, there's a few things you can say on the ice that you... Can't say on Probably the radio. Probably not good on the radio. Really? Right. Yeah. Are you sure I'm about not sure that? if you're aware of that. Really? Yeah, especially coming from a referee that's Can you got give us an example? I could. I got to go. Oh. All right. Uh, there's Brett Cron, um, former Calgary Flames goaltender, first round pick. Ninth overall, in that's case awesome. you forgot. That's awesome. Yeah. That is still awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see you Thursday, pal. I cannot wait. And uh, again, if you rethink of how we can grease you to, to skew towards the whalers. I'll come up with a few ideas. Yeah, you let yeah. us know. All right, uh, there's Brent Cron. Straight ahead, uh, sports and hockey analyst, Olympic gold medalist, Megan Mickelson. It's the big show, Russ and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.